song. God, I, I will trust you, Jesus. Come on, I will. I will, I will. I know you never fail. I will trust you, Jesus. I will. Almost like Jesus, when he had to drink that cup, he had to trust God. Thy will be done, thy will, thy will be done. Come on, come on. Sing to God. You're not all there yet. Come on, get there where you can trust him. You've made some bad choices. You've made some mistakes. And you said, man, I can't trust me. But Jesus said, you can trust me. Fall into me. I, I want to renew you. I want to restore you. And that childlike faith and that innocence that you are okay. You're good. You're good in the hands of God. Build your house right now. I build upon the rock of God. All other ground is sinking. That is my will. Be Thy will be done honor as it is in heaven. Father, thank you for heaven. Thank you for heaven. Oh man, you gotta worship. I, I, I wrote this and it's part of the sermon, but I, I just gotta share it now. There's no great agreement that we can have is when is in the time we're in worship and we're singing the exact same words together. The Bible says one will chase a thousand of life, two will chase ten thousand. How many have run 
how many run today? What evil we ran out today when we were in worship singing the same songs together in unison? How many millions of things and, and hurts and pains where you were lost trust in yourself, where you lost, but they ran out today because we were in agreement singing, Jesus, I will trust you. That someone was leading you in worship and said, Jesus, I will trust you. I may not even make it to the message with a voice, but if you got to know one thing, you got to know that worship circled worlds of Jericho and it broke Jericho. Man, David only had a harp at times. And man, it's just you now. Now you're not afraid to take a test. Now you're not afraid to do that job. Now you're not afraid to make that call. Now you're not afraid to step out and do what's never been done in your family before. Because thousands upon thousands of attacks and demonic attacks have been chased out by the singing of unison of worship. By the act of worship. By the act of love. Faith and hope has been restored. People that are not even here are here because we're calling them in. Brothers and sisters and family members that are maybe not here physically, but you've called them in. You're chasing things away from them that they don't know how to get rid of themselves. You're chasing addictions from them that they can't get rid of. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, you've always been close. You've always been close always been close thank you Jesus thank you we're here for you we want you Lord God and all that you do in Jesus name amen amen awesome man I was thinking about how many things that chased away for some family members who are caught up in some things and I think about their waking up and realizing the pressure that once was on them is no longer on them because of, of somebody praying and believing God over their lives amen we are the miracle of our prayers and of someone praying for us. Amen. That, that just happened. So today we're the faith catalyst. Uh, love is the greatest of all. You know, you got to love and you got to. There's so much that God says about love and, and connecting faith and, 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 and testing and, and walking through those things that, that are faith blessings. So in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 through 13, if you got one of our little noted things, all you got to do is open it up and it'll be right there for you. It says, now we see but a dim reflection as in a mirror. You know, kind of just in a sense of how many of you can see a future, but it's just not as clear right now. Or you can see something you want to see happen. It's just dim. It's just not as clear. It's a little bit fuzzy, but I know it's there. You know, how many ever watch scrambled TV? You ever want to watch TV so bad? That it was cursing, like, I love how so I just want to watch it if the picture ain't clear. If that's all the picture you got, you, I, I think I saw somebody move. You know, you will... You will, you will fight through the scramble to get there and just believe if you ever had rabbit ears for antennas and you became the electrician for that day, meaning you was the youngest in the house and you had to hold the ear so everybody else could watch TV. And it was like the scramble. See, sometimes we have to hold our relative's antenna, so to speak, so that they can get the picture. And it may not be us being able to see it because the picture may be shown to them over here and we may have to stand and hold it while they get to see. And we talked about that as being a bridge. Sometimes you're going to be a bridge. You have to be a plank sometimes for others to walk on you. And it's okay that you hold your faith so others can see what God wants to do in them. And that means we can't get down because of what we don't have. God may be having you keep somebody's picture clear so they can just get through. 
It says, then when we shall see face to face, now I know in part, then shall I know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Father, I pray that you give your word, not mine, that, Lord, all in the image of God, Lord, that increase, I pray, Lord, that I increase your view, their view of you, that they put you up on their big screen, the main viewing area to see you over anything else. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. The greatest of these is, is love. You know, you got faith, hope, you got love, and there are people who can quote scriptures and have all these uh, elaborate plans, but if they don't have love, it means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And, and don't get it confused. Love, love can be difficult. Love, love, sometimes when you love, love means you tell the truth. Love isn't always just let's hug each other and pat each other on the back. Sometimes love is I love you enough to tell you the truth because if you keep doing this and I act like I don't love you, I won't tell you what it's going to do to you. Right? So love is so strong. So it says I can, I can add to your faith and I can add to your hope is because when I love you, I'm not, you, know, you can tell people like, even if you say to your kids like, hey, look, you know, you need to be obedient. Oh, you just trying to spoil my fun. No, I love you so you can keep your faith and hope because if I let you keep going down this road, you're going to mess up and you're going to believe that nothing really works for you because you were never trained. So we understand that, remember when we talked the last time I was here visiting your church, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. When you hope for something, that's in the future. But when you have faith for the future, you can hold the evidence of your faith even though you haven't gotten to your hopes yet. The only way to keep your hopes alive is to keep your faith alive. Because without faith, you're going to lose hope in anything. I heard a kid say uh, not too long ago that, that well, her, their, their father said, the kid said, man, our family is so messed up. There's no hope that they're ever going to be a normal family, that it's always this is going to happen and this breakup and they're shouting. They're always screaming. And, and I said, dude, you've got to get that kid in church because what they want down the road is a better family. I don't care how bad it is at home. They do want it, but without faith to hold what they want, they're going to lose grip. So we've got to keep them in that faith mode. Hope is the future. Faith helps us retain. Love is the conviction, though. See, I don't care how much hope you have. If you don't have any conviction, it's never going to stick around. In other words, you can have the talent to get you there, but you need to have the conviction to keep you there. Talent helps you show up. Conviction helps you stay up. Right? And if you are not prayed up, you can't do either. It is part of that, is that conviction to stay with our faith and hope with things when things are coming against us. Love is that greatest of things. It is that it's that whole great thing that even when our children act up and and, and we I don't know if you guys miss Pastor Rita's not here. She can't stop me for what I'm about to say. When you see your kids and your hands start doing like just seeing them or if you think about them and you have thoughts of choking them just because of the way they've been acting. If they act selfish or greedy, you're like, where is that coming from? And you're just wondering about that. And she would go, no, no. If she was here, y'all could hear now. No, no. I've thought about 
since the greatest of these love, but that didn't, that never meant I didn't love them. That never meant that. And, and so what happens is you could, I can get here and, and preach all day, but if I can't show love to my family, it means absolutely nothing. If I can't show love for what I do, no, I want to do it, but I don't love to do it. Love to do it means I will do it regardless of how I feel, regardless of how things look, regardless of how things act. I love it because there's a conviction there. A lot of people say they have hope and they have faith, but they don't have the conviction to walk in their calling consistently. How about that? So I love you enough to continue to tell you the truth. So because it doesn't matter if we have the hope and faith, without the conviction, we will soon lose faith and hope. If you've ever met people who've lost their hope and faith and belief in God, it's because they didn't love God enough to get, get close. They were impressed. They had impressional love, but they didn't have convictional love. Our marriages are based on convictional love. So I love you, and I'm convicted to stay away from things that would interrupt that. See, when there's the conviction part comes in, I'm, I'm, we, come on, you, every one of us have a conviction. You have children, you have a conviction. You have a mortgage, you have a conviction. You have bills, you have a conviction. And that's what makes you go to a job that you may or may not even like. But your convictions say you need to go because you like lights, water, food, necessities. Right? You're, there's a conviction. It's the exact same thing when you're believing God. Have a conviction. And, and a lot of people, even when I hear this thing, and, I'm, I'm, and if it's you, just act like it's not you, but won't set a New Year's resolution because they have no convictions. I'm, I'm just going to break it. No, have a conviction. Love it. Love something what you're believing for. In other words, you're right. You've never really broken a resolution because you never really made one because you didn't have a conviction when you made it. Of conviction will help you keep it. Conviction will help you hold it. That means love will. Who has the greatest conviction of all? Jesus, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And what did he love him in Hebrews? In Hebrews chapter 12, it says that he endured the shame, endured the cross. Most people, when they quit, the reason why people, if people quit when things get hard is because they didn't have the conviction to start with. He was so convicted, which means he was so in love, it didn't stop him. It didn't stop him. He says, because I have a conviction. When you love something, you're going to have a conviction to stick with it. And, and we can even go in the negative. An addict loves drugs. And we'll go, we'll honor that conviction. They will do whatever it takes to get that next hit. Now, I've said something horrible before that I want to have the conviction of a smoker. I've, <laughs> I've wanted it. I've been in the same place where a person who is smoking and I got my clothes on ready to go running outside and I won't go do it because it's too cold. But I'll watch that cigarette go right out there and get it going. Right? That's not even a term. Cigarette ain't a real name. That's not a I just, <laughs> I just made that up. That's not real. That person who smokes. But they'll go out there, like, and they'll light it up. And I'm standing there. Oh, no, it's too cold. The person is out there. I was like, I oh, mean, I need that kind of conviction. Need that kind of conviction just in the right way. I get it. I know some of y'all looking at me like, oh, I just can't believe you just said that. Yes, I want to be as good as evil is evil. And if good is greater, that means I can be more gooder, gooder, gooder. 
What's wrong with y'all? What's, what's the matter with y'all? Y'all got issues? Y'all gonna take this outside? You gotta be willing to do it. You gotta be willing to, to step up and say, I love this. I love my family. What's, what's, what's getting me on a plane tomorrow to go fly? Because I love what I do. What's getting me into these schools even though they have shootings? Not at the ones I'm going to. And even if they pull a gun in there and if I die and are doing what I love, I'm gonna die giving praise to God right in the midst of God's will. We cannot run from problems. We gotta face them. Because, by the way, when we run, we teach our kids how to run. You know, you may not be exercising, but they learn how to jog right with you. Jesus had a future for the entire world to have eternal life in heaven. He says, we're going to have eternal life in heaven, so spit on me. Pull out my beard. I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm sorry. There ain't a scripture in the Bible I've read that can help me handle being spit on. I pray to God it don't happen. I pray to God it doesn't happen. I mean, maybe that's moving. I'm pretty sure God is going to come down with his ministering angels to hold me still while that saliva dripped down past my nose and, and, and just say, you know, I, you know, you, Jesus loves you. That is not the thought I have right now. I'm like, you fixed to meet Jesus right now. I'm going to usher you in. Tell God I'll be back in some years. But here's, he, he wanted to come today. Right? You just have that thing. And, and if the enemy knows you got that one thing, he's going to make sure that one thing finds you to walk away from God. To walk away from what you should be doing heavenly. So I, I don't want to stand here and act like I love all the time. He gave those convictions to endure, endure every attack, in, uh, attack against him. Now, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. I, I love this. I love this. Love this verse. I love the verse 8 about it, but I, I have to set you up and put you up and then let you down. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded. Okay? That's not even just talking about substance. That's talking about people's opinions. You have to be clear-minded. All right? And somebody tell you a side and they can't tell you the other side, which to make it a story, don't hear one side. And sober so you can pray. I've never been able to really pray really good when I'm drunk with anger. Intoxicated with fear. I ain't even got to go to the other stuff, but I can guarantee you that's a struggle to pray. If I'm, if I'm intoxicated with loneliness, intoxicated with not getting what I wanted, so I can't even bow my head without thinking. Even out here when we have to fight for parking spaces, the, the man parks his boat over him. Like, man, what? I was like, Rita, there's a boat. Now, what I want to go do is not house of power worthy. So we sent her, and she made friends with everybody and got everybody to move their stuff. She did. They all loved her. Oh, this is so sweet. We're so sorry. Why would you park your boat down here? You know, good and well that boat don't go around here. And something happened to it, you're going to be blaming us. Yes, I've thought about doing something to the boat and saying, this is why we don't want Yes, that has crossed my mind. And then I want to preach faith and hope, but then I have no love. I do. I think about it. I just want to scratch his boat and hit it with the car and say, see, you should have took it down there where you were. This is why bad stuff can happen. I'm not responsible for you not parking it down here. By the way, your boat don't go here. All right? That's wrong, according to the Bible of Rita. 
and Jesus. So you have to begin to get it. But, but listen to this. It says, so you can pray. And we've been talking about prayer and, and worshiping together. And some people don't pray because they feel like they're so messed up. But that's the best time you should pray. Like, how can I be praying to God? How can you not be praying to God? Even the days you thought you were good, I'm pretty sure there was something wrong. You have to pray then, too. And look at this. This is our verse. Above all, love one another deeply. Come on now. Come on now. Christians don't like, come on, y'all. Christians don't like this. I, I, I like you, but I ain't going to love you. That ain't deeply. That ain't even, that ain't even surface. He says, love one another deeply. You know, more people will uplift a person not living for God than they will a Christian. Because they're so busy trying to side and look like they uh, write politically correct and all that stuff. And we'll talk about someone who is actually speaking the word of God. Just to show, see, I'm not on either side. You know, you're right. You're lukewarm. I heard about you. Revelations 3.15, you're getting spit out. This is above all, love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. What do we, why do I feel like my sins are not... Why do I feel like my sins are always uncovering me? Don't raise your hand. Just listen. If you feel like your sins are always being exposed, it's a lack of walking in love. It's not that God hasn't forgiven you. You just haven't walked with the one who loves you enough to forgive you. And you just got to reciprocate that love that he's given you. And when you reciprocate that love he's given you, you can say, okay, I know my sins are covered. I know I'm good. I can walk on. I can do that. And some people think I'm too bad to walk with God. No, you're just not opening your mouth enough and praying. Show hospitality to one another without complaining. I wish I could say that word in Spanish. The, the, I see the one sin, and it doesn't mean sin like we know sin. But that last, I'm going to learn it. Don't y'all tell me. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to go. Don't, don't say it to me now. Don't everybody start yelling at me once. I'll get it. But he said, love covers a multitude of sin. So you can discipline your child. But if you love them, when you discipline them, that's going to help them not repeat the mistakes again. If you've ever been punished instead of disciplined, there's a huge difference. If you ever grew up with parents who punished you but didn't discipline you because they wanted to make sure you paid for your mistake but never trained you to do better. They just wanted to scare you. It worked for a little bit. You have a parent. I, I love that. And seeing my parents leave this morning, how sweet that they think my mother is now. I love that. They, oh, she's so sweet. She's so gentle. We know skillets. We know stuff. She could throw. I know where I got my baseball ability to throw. I know. This is good. <laughs> She's just seasoned now. Conviction for God's word does exactly to sin what God intended, and that is restore people from their sins. So my conviction to love God will help restore others from their sins. Their conviction to love God restores them from their sins. Deep love for one another preserves faith and hope, which would bring revival to this world. So now what God is saying, if we love each other, we create a conviction party, so to speak. 
And when we have a conviction party, that means all the world is in agreement. And when all the world is in agreement, we have a revival. Instead of, we have, uh, instead of having people run around shooting, we have people run around praying. Instead of having kids losing their mind, we have them gaining their mind and gaining trust in Christ. Do you see why we need to love one another? I just don't. In my day, if I hear this again, I'm going to get kicked out of a school. In my day, all we problems we had, only ones you knew about. Those are just the ones you knew about. We get your day, then come to the school, but your day was all at the house. It just now has traveled up into schools now. In my day. I like to send them back to their day. A healthy conviction to treat one another with love will bring people out of the past and into God's presence. So if I have a healthy conviction, that brings people out of their past into God's presence. In fact, 1 Peter, I believe it's chapter 3 and verse 7 says this, that if, if a couple, if a married couple is arguing, their prayers are hindered. That means they have faith, they have hope for things, but because they're not walking in love, their prayers are not moving. Their prayers are not moving. He even says that. God even says it again. If you go to the altar and give, you're doing your godly thing, but you have alt or an argument or no love for your brother, leave your gift and go fix that. So all of those things, God is saying like, because you can sit up here and do the right thing, but not been, and not have the right heart. Right? Okay. Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse 14. And my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. And I can't get this off my mind. So I'm going to go ahead and share with y'all. I told my niece, I don't understand why she did this to me this morning. We're eating breakfast or they were eating breakfast. Um, and, and she looked at her mom and her mom has this shirt that says something about I'm, I'm fat. Um, don't bother me. Something like that. It's supposed to be a jokey shirt about only a person that's overweight can get away with it. My niece said, I can wear it. Let me have that shirt. And I was like, they go, no, you can't because it'll be offensive. And, and my niece says, well, why? Why are you wearing it? If it's offensive. And they were trying to explain to her, if you look a certain way, you can get away with certain things. And I was like, no, you can't. No, you can't. Rude is rude. Rude is rude. We almost didn't get out of the hotel this morning. Almost didn't get out of the hotel this morning because then we're trying to project something that's not accurate. Right? And kids are like, if you can do it, I can do it. And I was, I was trying to get away from it. I was trying to get it. And she was like, well, let me support you then. No. And sometimes what we have to do is realize our kids are watching everything that we do. And they're wanting to imitate it. And if I'm doing something they can't imitate, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Right? Maybe, maybe, not, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Our world needs the power of love to restore faith and hope in mankind like never before. Tragedies have caused people to lose faith and hope and in the most important places for people to develop. What do we've had? We've had a church shooting and school shootings, places where people should feel safe, right? So if I take away your safety, I'm taking away your hope. I'm taking away your opportunity to provide something. So when we get a hold of this deep conviction called love for each other, it will bring healing to our land and spirit. 
turning from evil is about a conviction from God for God's love, for God's good over living in sin's defeat. So I, I want God's good. I just want God's good. And, and that, that's it. I got to love you. I have to. Have to love you. Have to love you. And like, not fake love, deep love. Deep love and fake love are not, they don't go together, right? That's why we don't say here, fake it till you make it. It's will it till you feel it. Walk in God's will till you feel the love of God. Walk in God's purpose till you feel the plan of God. So I have to be able to do it. And it's one of the reasons why I love uh, uh, seeing uh, people who have to stand up in front of great crowds and speak or do whatever, because you have to have a conviction to say the same stuff over and over again. You have to have a conviction to say the same stories with the same passion because you got to believe somebody here hasn't heard it before. Nothing more than that. Well, uh, those who are entertaining, you're playing the same stuff or you're singing the same songs and you're like in your head like, it can't get bored to you. Because if it gets bored to you, you're going to sing it like you're bored with it when someone else is hearing it for the first time. The word can't get bored to you. Got to have a love for it. Because once the word gets bored to you, your hopes get bored to you. And what you're, what, when your hopes become bored to you, you say this, that can never happen to me or happen for me. That's when your hopes have gotten bored. And that's because you're not carrying any substance. Get back to your substance. That's faith. Faith is the substance of things, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I pray in my land to be healed, let's pray for our land to be healed. Every place we put our foot, we call it God's land. If God made us out of the dust of the ground and Abel's uh, blood cried out from the ground, not only that, the blood on the ground can cry out and say the blood of Jesus has covered us all. So that's how I walk in the schools, covered, walking in the presence of God. However, I also know I need to love the people I'm about to talk to. You need to be able to do that. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 through 31. Jesus replied, this is the most important. This is the most important. This comes from Jesus. This is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Okay? So that's that bottom line. Jesus said this is most important. There is no other God. This is the only one. Okay? The, the, if anyone comes to you with anything else, that's not Christianity. He's saying it right here. He says, this is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this is love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Here's the greatest commandment. Love God with everything you got. And then when you're done loving God with everything you got, love your neighbor. Not one place in there, go cast out devils, go feed the hungry, don't, don't, you know, restore the sick, go earn a bunch of money. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. And why? Why would God say that? He says, because faith and hope has no power if you have no love. Right? It's, it, there's love has got to be there. There's a commandment to love. He said, this is the most important important thing. So Jesus labeled love for him with every part of our being as the greatest commandment of all. Love sustains hope and faith, right? It sustains it. So if there's a, is a major disaster happening or about to happen, we must turn toward loving God. Marriages are destroyed. What do we hear? I, I love them, but I'm not. Yeah. Did you move out? Because if you're in the house, 
And if you're in Christ, that's the house you're supposed to be in. You should be in love. I don't feel it. Man, there are days, feel it. Oh, what a feeling. Because you're sitting there and... If you guys have ever, and praise God, I mean, if you ever had to have a conversation with Pastor Rita and I, we try to sit where there's some space between us so she can, she, she don't have to look at me to know when I'm unraveling. Like, I'm like scotch tape. So, you know, when that part where the tape starts to not stick anymore, she can feel when I'm starting to like, we're about to end this meeting right now. Because stuff like that. And it's just like, no, you have no hope because you have no faith. And you have no faith because you haven't, walk, you haven't been walking with God. You love each other through the very spirit of God who can help you love again. Who can put things back together. So marriages are destroyed because people fell out of love with God. That's the one they don't love. That's the one they love, but they're not in love with it. Because if you were in love with God, you'd be in love with your marriage. Because how can you say you love me who you haven't seen and not love people you do see? Right? Those, those, are, those are biblical verses that just came to me which would have made this sermon much, much better. But since God is ad-living now, we're going to use them now. Like, I don't love you. I, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I'm thinking, like, so our question is, so what do y'all pray about at night? Because he ain't doing the divide prayer. He's not doing that one. So what do you, how do y'all pray? Oh, we don't. That's your love problem. That's your love game. You have framed your marriage on a lack of love for God. And when you have no love for God, you have no respect for the details. And what used to be attractive to you because you were in love with God and in love with the person now is something that makes you angry. I'm pretty sure Miss Pastorita was attracted to my energy till I start getting up next to her after marriage at 4.30 in the morning. And that wasn't so attractive because it was interrupting her sleep. Now what she was once attracted to now is now annoying. But she ain't gonna go sign no papers. Huh? How do we do with this? Pray for deep REM sleep. Get up quieter. People have left each other under the wrong situations because they weren't in love with God. And she prays before she goes to bed. So she lays down with Jesus. And it gives her sleep while I wake up with the Lord. And again, we've watched that. And when people say that, and if they don't ever turn back to God, they'll never turn the marriage around. It's got to go back to God. Go back to God. Go back to God. You know, you know what doesn't need any help growing? Weeds. They don't need to be watered. They don't need no fertilizer. They just grow. And doesn't that frustrate you when... When, when the thing that grows the easiest is the thing you don't need in your life. Okay, I can hit all y'all stuff. Y'all want me? Y'all want, want Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Y'all want to go over here? 
It, it doesn't require it. That doesn't mean it's right. Nobody wants weeds in their yard, but weeds, they just don't need any help. It's easy is what they say. This used to be easy, and now it's not easy. But just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. All right? And we have to come back to God. So, so don't, don't get, marriage is hard. Love is hard. Yeah. Raising kids is, naming them ain't no problem. We love, love, Levi, Ray, Levi now makes a face. I love it. I love it. That's cool. That's a great age. But at some point, dude's going to raise up like, like Jire, we're looking at him and he's like this six foot whatever. But, but there was this time where it's like we named him Jira King Gant. And I wanted to take him off his throne so many times. Because nobody tell you about middle school. I won't tell you when them suckers look at you like, I know more than you do. Yeah, you obviously know you're about to die. You obviously know that. So we got to go to that point where we got to fall back in love with Jesus because I just can't want his promises without his principles. This is love them without the ability to love one another, but restoration with God will bring restoration to the relationship. First thing we do if we ever are struggling, uh, Pastor Rita and I, and whenever there's a big event like this, you may catch us smiling, but in the background, there's been some, you know, we should not talk for a few hours. Let's just get through the day, and then we'll, we'll reconvene, right? We know how to put it together, right? Even though all the, the enemy is tearing at her, you know, she really don't like you today. Well, I don't like her today. You know, if I, you know, if I mow the grass like that, there's, there's a problem. So, but we never let it go through. Did you take that? We never stop it from going through. Did you take that through God? And once we take it through God, he restores the fellowship. That's why he says don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Because if you've got somebody who don't even believe in this stuff, it's hard for you to take it through God when they won't take it through God. And all you're going to do is run into something that divides you. So folks won't come on Fridays. We'll just bring Fridays to Sundays. <laughs> Psalms 29, verse 1 through 2. We're going to go back to worship. The Psalm of David. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Right? And the beauty of holiness. Why do we add words to the beauty of holiness? Worship is the most powerful thing. And you guys heard this during worship, so act like you haven't before and just say amen like it's so special to you. Uh, worship is the most powerful form of agreement. Singing the same words in unison activates our faith and ignites love to its full capacity. Worship empowers our will and love will help us demonstrate God's love. Where two or more gather together in God's name, there he is in the midst. Right? So we're not just singing songs. We're singing agreement for the power of God to be in unison, to be overcoming. And, and that's what makes worship that much more powerful. That's why we say when you're about to get angry, put on worship music. It's hard to fight. It's hard to fight and say, Jesus, do it again. You're the center of my joy. I hate you, Jesus. Be the center. It's hard. It's hard. Oh, come to the altar after I stab you. And 
hard to do that. They don't go together. They don't go together. Sometimes you can worship enough to where it makes you pull, put down the phone. Amen? All right. So you guys bow your heads. Close your Bibles. Those of you who have stuff to zip up, zip up. Hide your things from the church people. Not when anyone to steal your Bible, get down the road, start reading, and realize they sin. What did I do wrong? Okay, as your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Father, I pray for each and every person here. And though the scriptures say it, love for some of us, Lord, is, is sometimes real difficult. Real difficult. I pray for those of you here with your eyes closed. Man, you love so hard. When you get in it, you're in it, man. You love hard. And, and when you fall, the fall is so hard and so painful. It's because you gave everything. And, and, and God wants you to just turn to him. He loves hard. And you understand how God relates to how you love. There's nothing wrong with you. You were just trying to love someone who was incapable of handling such love. You're not the problem. But as you turn this and, and give it to God, Every faith, everything you have faith for, and everything you have hope for, God is going to show you is, is very possible. And right there in your midst, and right there in your hands, everything that you are believing God to do, and even the start might not have been great, but my goodness, the Jeremiah 29 11 end is going to be fantastic. And God is blowing into your life like never before. So now, yes, be patient with yourself, be patient with people, but most of all, be patient in the Word. And as God begin to restore unto you your heart and the joy of your salvation. I know, man, I know I can just hear it in your spirit. I can just hear it right now. You're like, man, Pastor, I just don't know if I can take that kind of break again. I just don't know if I can take that kind of break again. And God is not asking you to take a break. He's asking you to take up Him and all that is He has for you. He says, you got some dreams. You got some things. You got some curses that you want to break from your family. You got some generational curses that have gone for too long. And because someone has come to you and broken your love heart and broken the things that you once dear and, and, and trying to stop you from loving, it's trying to keep you from walking in the very authority and power that God has given you. You're releasing relatives from strongholds and chains as you love deeply. So God knows about you. God knows about you. He knows how you fell so deep in. And now the enemy is telling you that you're foolish and you, that you're, you're stupid. You got taken advantage of. And, and you need to just stop that right now and go, no, no, no. Watch how me and God do this thing. Watch how God and I walk together. Watch how I get just deeply and fall in love with God. And, and where I love him just like I love and, and, and nothing else matters. Because it's my God and me and we're going to walk together and we're going to see each other through. Just, it's even those of us who are in here and said, I, I don't love like I should. I, I, I don't have any passion for my marriage. I don't have any passion for my job. I don't have passion for my dream. I'm, I'm calling you back to your relationship with God. I'm calling you back to Psalms 51 to create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit. Return unto me the joy of my salvation that I may love God. Thank you, Jesus, man. Give me one dude that'll live. <laughs> Father, we just receive it. As your heads are bowed, if you're in here and you say, man, I don't know Jesus. 
I've never experienced that love, that John 3.16 love. That he had so much conviction that he wouldn't stop while they were spitting on him and pulling out his beard and, and calling him names. He wanted to go to me. I want to experience that love, that conviction love. His heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you've never accepted Christ, I want you to just lift your hand. We just want to pray with you. We don't want to embarrass anybody. We do want to pray with you. Awesome. Awesome. We love God. So now you're in here and you say, Pastor, I hear your sermon, but I'm going to need some help in that love area. That's just some things that's hard for me to walk and love in. Come on, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray over you. Yeah, man, we're in here, man. It's, we get it. We get it, you know. And those of you who got it together, y'all believe for those of us who had our hands up, including the pastor. Father, we just pray. We thank you, Lord God. We know, we know that we know that this is a calling by you. You have specifically called out for us to love. You even said it. It is the greatest commandment. You even put it there. So, Lord, all of our faith, all of our hopes have been stuck behind hatred and bitterness. So, Lord God, as we release hatred and bitterness and hurts, the faith and the hope and love is going to take off. I, I see it now. Here's that thing that, that you're saying, see, won't I open up the window of heaven? and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to contain because now you're open enough to receive it. Now you're open enough. Now the bitterness is gone and now the hurt and now the hatred is gone. Now you're open. Now you got your basket. Now you got your bushel ready. I can pour into you now because all that junk is gone. You've always had faith and you've always had hope, but it's this one time when this thing would always show up. It would steal you from your love, but no more. As that ends, so does the beginning of you walking and the increase and the blessings of God. So is the beginning of your words making sense to your own children and your words making sense to your own career and your own future and becoming alive. Father, we believe it is so and done. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen.